Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans, Jet fans, Jet fans, very passionate. Bird, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans, very passionate. Brady sucks. Dolphins sucks. Come on, a number leader. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Jet, Jet fans, how's it going? Also on the line, everybody, live from the Wookiee compound. You know him, you love him. The majestic beast, the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk. What's up, everyone? And we have another special guest to help us out this week from the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Josh Silverberg in the building. What's up, Josh? What's up, boys? Listen, background says it all. Just end the season. Please get that, that number one pick already, for the love of God. Josh, you, <laughs> you probably speak for a lot of Jet fans right now. And, you know, a lot of us, I think we're segueing Jet fans from being really pissed off about the season, about Gase, about the way things have gone, to now I'm, I'm personally just starting to lose. You know, I'm starting to lose it here, guys. <laughs> The moves, the succession of moves that have gone on this year and the coach that we have, the negative vibe we have around this team, the hurricane of negativity that is Adam Gase since he's come to this team. Before Adam Gase joined the team, Mike, we weren't happy about this signing, were we? We had podcasts about it. Jet fans weren't happy about it. From day one, from his press conference, when he looked like an alien inhabited his body, from day one... This has been an absolute embarrassment. What we've segued into here, guys, is the laughing stock territory. Let me tell you why. With most coaches in the league, you know, whatever whatever hand they're dealt, whatever whatever injuries they're dealt, whatever type of players they have in their team, whatever personnel, whatever it is, they do their best to make it work. They say, these are the players I have. This is what I have to work with. How do I get the best out of these guys? For whatever right. reason, in Miami and now here with the Jets, Adam Gase's approach is the opposite. Adam Gase's approach is, here's what I do. Here's what I think works as an offense. You have to fit into that. Four years in a row you have of statistics if his offense is not working. Has he adjusted at all? Do you guys see any adjustments? Do you see anything changing? Do you see him taking any accountability? No. Okay, like, Adam Gase is the guy that if we were all on a desert island and we only had a few supplies and a net washed up, and a couple pieces of wood, and Josh was like, hey, maybe we should make a net to go fishing. Adam Gase would say, no, why don't we take the net and make a bunch of dream catchers? <laughs> why don't we make a volleyball net? You know, he, he's that guy. It's like, we're, we're so far off the grid with this guy at this point that now, it's obviously infected players and has affected players in a negative way. And it, it's like, he's the common denominator in the issues we have. And we're acting like it's the players who need to be scapegoated. Le'Veon Bell, since he's gotten here, has done everything right. I know he had a cold and went bowling last week. We didn't, we didn't uh, last year. 
We didn't play one game, but all the way through, while people buried the Jets, Le'Veon Bell was being a good teammate, saying the right things, doing the right things. The team's a laughing stock. He's not being used properly. The offensive line's horrible. All the way through, he's saying the right things. He's doing the right things. Adams leaves the Jets the way he does. Who got after him? It was Le'Veon Bell. It was he's Bell. Like, he's like, Bell, he's like, you told me to come here. You, Bell, I'm still here. And so last week, he finally plays again, Bell. Now, Le'Veon Bell used to have the highest average per scrimmage in the history of the NFL for any running back ever. That used to be Le'Veon Bell, right? You look at the Jets, and you say, the Jets, what do we not have, guys? What's the problem all year? We don't have weapons. We don't have weapons on offense. We don't have weapons for Sam. But you have Le'Veon Bell. He comes back last week, 13 for 60, looks good. And what do you do? You release him? Three days later, Frank Gore had nine carries for 30 yards on Sunday, guys. Frank Gore averaged 2.5 yards a carry on the season. He has the lowest yards per carry of any running back in the National Football League. He is the worst running back in the National Football League. And we have Le'Veon Bell on the team. He comes in. He looks good. He's mad he doesn't get used more, and you release him? What are you doing? Frank Gore is the equivalent in NFL running back age of a tortoise on the Galapagos Islands. That's what Frank Gore is, and you're still using him as if he's a great running back. Frank Gore is done. Frank Gore is done in the NFL. Le'Veon Bell is not done. Le'Veon Bell's on a team that stinks and has been trying to make the best of it, and when he finally comes in and finally shows us something, and gets mad that he wasn't used more when he sees the guy you are using is washed up old bum. You release him? I mean, Mike, does this team care about the quarterback? Because if you care about the quarterback and you're saying, let's release a weapon on offense that could help him. Let's shop Crowder. Let's not invest anything in the team when it comes to wide receivers for this year. What you're telling me, what you're telling Jet fans is Sam isn't your guy. Because what you're painting, the picture you're painting for all of us for me, for Mike, for Josh, for all the Jet fans out there, the picture you're painting this season doesn't matter anymore, right? It's a wrap. We're tanking the rest of this year, and you have no faith in Sam. It seems like the scary part, guys. The guy it seems like may still have a say in decisions is Adam Gase. I mean, Adam Gase's decision-making when it comes to player personnel is absolutely horrible. There's a laundry list of players. Jarvis Landry, um, Jordan Phillips was cut by the Dolphins, goes to the Bills, has 10 sacks. They cut him for nothing. They cut Billy Turner from the Dolphins, he goes to the Broncos, ends up getting a four-year contract with the Packers, 30 million, they cut him for nothing. Damon Williams is a, goes to the Chiefs, carries them in the Super Bowl. Ryan Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, Parker, Gasecki. how many guys? Jay Ajayi, how many guys were useless to Adam Gase? Tremendous somewhere else. What's the common denominator? Right. It's, not, it's not the player. It's not Le'Veon Bell in this equation. It's Adam Gase. How is it we could have him be the best a weapon we have on offense? You get nothing out of him, and you release him for nothing. You know what I'm saying? I, and I don't yeah. I don't know anymore, guys. Like I don't know how much. I don't know if it could get worse. It seems like it just keeps getting worse for us here as Jet fans. But I'm just absolutely fed up with it at this point, and I don't know what else to say, man. You know, when teams are bad... Browns, Dolphins, Bills. People say what they got to say about those teams and they're covered the way they're covered. But when the Jets are bad, it's like double bad. Like I can't, it, it, you know, they're the, they become the butt joke of the entire sports world. 
And that's the thing that really bothers me the most um, when being a Jet fan is same old Jets and all that craziness. But the sad part is that they're they're doing it to themselves right now. And I feel like the there's stubbornness in management. And they had a discussion today about play calling, and they determined that play calling wasn't the issue. <laughs> and I'll, I'm I'm past mad like. I'm I don't know it's it's not even apathy I don't even know how I'm feeling I just know that this is the lowest I've felt about this team maybe in my life as a Jet fan because of the context around the situation I mean we drafted a young quarterback um, we had looked like we were going into a new era we got all the uniforms and all that stuff and had all these players you know, Robbie Anderson, Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Adams, you know, so on and so forth. They took that picture together and all of them are almost gone now. And it, and now the quarterbacks regressed and and the coach is just there. And, we, you know, Bill O'Brien was let go. You know, the coach for the Atlanta Falcons was let go and the general manager. And it's like I saw a power ranking today in the NFL, I don't know if you guys saw this, and it said weakness for the Jets, and it said football. Not passing, not, you know, run blocking, it said football, because they're not good at anything. That, I mean, there's nothing, there's no, you're not getting much lower than this, and Chris Johnson can continue to be a stubborn ass if he wants to continue to be that way. You've destroyed the team, Chris. You destroyed it, and now Jet fans are leaving by the droves. And good for you know what? Any of those Jet fans that want to leave the team, go ahead and jump off, man. You're never Jet fans in the first place. You people make me sick, to be real with you, to be frank. You're a fan of a team, you just stay with that team. So, you know, you pick the Jets, hey, tough luck. That's your team. To say that you're going to jump off and not be a fan anymore, you were never a fan in the first place. Okay, you like those uh, bandwagon Yankee fans that say they're Yankee fans, but uh, once they start losing, you know, they don't even know who the team is. So enough of them. But it's it's depressing, Keith, and uh, I really have no words, man. We're in hell, bro. Josh, do you feel the same? Is this the, the worst feeling in your stomach you can remember being a Jet fan? So I look at it like this. I know Joe, Joe Douglas said what he said before the season, where we're going to prove people wrong, blah, blah, blah. It was BS. This season was meant to be tanked, in my opinion, after, on purpose, and I'll tell you why. People in the NFL, they want respect, especially front office people. They want that respect. They want to be able to say to those, I picked that head coach, and I drafted that quarterback. That's my guy. Those are my guys. That's what I want. Is Adam Gase Joe Douglas's guy? They're friends, but Joe Douglas didn't hire Adam Gase. Is Sam Darnold's the guy that, that Joe Douglas drafted? No. He's not. So my point being is this. You know, I brought up names that the New York Jets, I think, need to look at in the offseason. We know that there's going to be a plethora of, of coaches. And I was talking again with Kevin, who's on um, Weapons Hot on the World Wide Sports Radio Network. I was talking to Kevin about it. You know, and I said to Kevin, I said to you too, Keith, in the chat. I said, look, I understand trading Jamison Crowder would suck. Trading Brian Poole would absolutely suck. But the team isn't going anywhere. 
I'm so numb to it at this point. I'm so over it. Even CJ said it. CJ's the most positive Jet fan you could think of. Keith, you know this? Yeah, he is. I mean, if he's not positive about it, how am I supposed to be positive about it? And we're at a point, dude, where... The offense. Now we have we're, we're running Joe Flacco out there again this week, guys. Let me ask you a question. Do you think if you ask Joe Flacco right now, would he like to have Le'Veon Bell playing Sunday? What do you of think course. he'd say? I mean, you know, it's like, oh. like what gives us a better chance of winning the game versus the Dolphins Sunday? Running Frank Gore and Joe Flacco out there. Think about what I just said. Think about what I just said. We're running Frank Gore as our starting running back and Joe Flacco as our starting quarterback out there Sunday. Our starting wide receivers after Crowder, the leading wide receiver on the team is Berrios. He has like 10 catches on the season. We're coming in, guys, right now. Last year, we know we finished at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to offense. This year, we're 31st so far. Passing yards, we're 32nd. Points scored, we're dead last with 15 points a game. Mike, I want to throw something at you. The defense isn't playing great, we know that, all right? We can't really make too many excuses for the defense either, right? They're giving up nearly 400 yards a game. Do you know, Mike, that the Seattle Seahawks are dead last right now in defense? Do you know the Seattle Seahawks, Mike, are giving up 471 yards a game? Do you know what their record is? Their record's 5-0. Yeah. The record for the, tit- the, record for the Seahawks right now is 5-0, right? Now, the Titans, great team, 4-0. Titans right now, 29th in, uh, 29th in defense. That's crazy. They're four. Wow. Okay, so, wow. so you look at KC, you look at Cleveland, they're giving up right around the same amount of yards per game as us, about 383. They're four and one, and they're four and one. So I understand the defense has not been there for us this year, and the defense is giving up a lot of points this year. The defense is giving up a lot of points because the offense does nothing. And now the defense also isn't playing great. It's a combination, don't get me wrong, but some of the best teams in this league this season that people go, oh, the Seahawks might make a run. The Titans might make a run. Obviously, Kansas City can win the championship. Cleveland's 4-1. and one. They're playing great. They give up the same amount of yards that we do. The difference is they have offenses. Yes. And in 2020, defense matters, don't get me wrong. You can set up your team right in your defense in a run game and go pretty far, but it's already been proven how you win Super Bowls and how you, the teams that play at the top levels, they have great offenses. They have great offensive minds. They know how to move the ball. They can overcome a bad defense by outscoring other teams. Seahawks are last in the league in defense. They're 5-0. and No one thinks about them that way, right? So, I mean, right. the failures on this team, it's the defense too, Mike. It all traces back to Gase. It traces back to the offense. It, it goes back to a guy that this week said, he actually said this. He actually said, you know, if you watched our practices. Oh, no. He said you yeah, practices, you wouldn't be able to tell. The I thought about on Iverson, Keith. I thought about on Iverson there with the practices. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, when I was in Little League, when you're running around with a bunch of seven and eight-year-olds, it's it's okay to say, hey, man, they practice hard. doesn't matter that they're 0-20. They give it their all, right? That's fine. In professional sports, <laughs> when you're coming out basically and saying, hey, man, we try really, really, really hard when it doesn't matter, right? When it matters, we stink. But when no one can see us behind the scenes, even though it was just two weeks ago, Mike, that players on his own team said the practice habits of the Jets stink. Yeah. That they don't train, they don't practice hard enough. That practices are sloppy. Even though the players say that, don't believe them. Believe me. Believe the guy whose track record is atrocious that we're practicing really, really hard. And the fact that he's still the coach of the Jets, what you're doing at this point 
is you're actually affecting the fan base. Like we're we're conditioned Jet fans for a certain amount of shit we're gonna take. We, we we've all been <laughs> unfortunately we're mentally conditioned for it, almost like a dog that's been beaten for a long time, right? Where you're putting yourself into now is the point when people start lashing out. Where like my, for instance, my friend Chris Fox, who Mike and Nick know very well. He's not renewing his season tickets with me. The next time the Jets come back, he's done with the Jets. That's where we're at now. You're, you're, you're seeing that now. That's the point you're putting the fan base to. Torch, it's like a Transformer movie. You keep thinking it's going to end. It doesn't. No. It just keeps getting worse. It gets worse. And it I, worse. Didn't think, I didn't think it was going to get worse. And then when I saw they let him go, they let Bell go for nothing. You know, I just think of a petulant child getting his way and... I don't, again, I don't know if Joe Douglas is just sitting back and allowing this to happen because his whole plan was for it to go up in smoke anyway and sell and get enough picks and because he's got six years. I don't know, man. But, you know, really, Josh, to your point, I hear what you're saying. The truth is Jet fans don't have any hope anywhere except for, except for Joe Douglas. Yeah, and that, and you know what, Mike? I agree with you 100%. And look, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, to say this. Look, and this is something that I've talked about with other Jet fans as well in the sense that I can't count the first year for Joe Douglas. I can't. The guy came into a, 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 a suspect situation to begin with, okay? He didn't... What owner allows the GM to pick the coach, sign the players, draft the players, and then be fired? Joe Douglas had his hands tied. He was handcuffed. So I don't, you know, I I can't count that first year. Now, look, Mike, I completely agree with you. This is is the one hope we need to bank on because the guy has a track record. I get he doesn't have the title of GM, but let's be realistic here. He helped draft that Ravens defense. And he was second in command when the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. That's high praise for somebody that was a very top-notch GM prospect. That You know what I'm saying? But the other thing, too, is I know we talk about firing Adam Gaze. Trust me, nobody wants him fired as much as me or any other. I know you guys are all going to say the same thing. And look, Keith knows this. I said this last night. I said I'm going to get so ridiculed in the chat when I say this comment. I don't even think there's even a point in firing him at this point. And the reason being is this. You don't fire him. Okay. So say you let Jim Bob Cooter or you let uh, Brian Brian Hoyer, the special teams coach, take over. And the team wins three or four games. You're so screwed at that point. Because the thing is, if you get that number one pick with the cap space, that's going to get coaches to want to come here. I don't care what anybody says. Look at the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, they drafted Josh Rosen. They were a team that nobody even talked about. They weren't popular. Who cares? It's the Arizona Cardinals. They got that number one pick, and coaches lined up because they knew they could pick their quarterback. Uh, I, I, work with. I hear that. I'm done with that. Like, just hoping we lose. I did that in 2017. I did that back in 2014. That's all you could do, I'm, man. I, I, I don't. I don't know. No, that's not. I don't believe in that. You know, we drafted Sam. We need to give him the best chance to be good, and getting rid of Gase is what has to happen 100%. to see if Tre- Sam can. Trevor Lawrence if, 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 is a special talent, Mike. Yeah, I get, I get that, but Trevor six, Lawrence, two twenty man, and he's won. He's been to two national championships, probably going to a third in his college career. That's, that's pretty damn good. That's great, but that doesn't mean he's going to be successful also, in the NFL. Everybody said that they thought Jameis Winston. 
Houston was going to be some spectacular talent. People thought that oh, Andrew no. Luck was going to be People thought Andrew Luck was going to be a Hall of Famer. Now, I know he, he got hurt. And I, know he, I know he quit. But you know what? He had a lot of turnovers. That too, was also the quote. He was a good quarterback. He was, was a good quarterback. But, you know, what I'm trying to say is just because you're some great prospect doesn't guarantee you success. And what I'm saying is, is that Sam has talent. There's no question. Look, oh, if, Sam, if Sam was to be put on the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm telling you, the kid would roll. But I, what I'm saying is we need to give the kid a chance. And that means getting rid of Gase and getting a different voice in his ear and have someone... Play, you know, designing plays and designing schemes that fit his type of talents so that he can then become who he's supposed to become. Again, look at Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill yeah. was a scrub. Ryan Tannehill got traded for just lower round draft picks. And now Ryan Tannehill is an all pro quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Why? Because he's in an offensive system that play, plays to his strengths. So I'm I understand the Trevor Lawrence thing, you know, but you know what? At this point in my life, I'm not fucking I'm not sitting here with rooting for jet losses. I'm done doing that. okay? and I understand everybody's like uh, they want to deal with, uh, you know, they want Trevor Lawrence. I, I, I am all about. Let's see what we have with the team. Get rid of Gase. All I want is get rid of Gase and then see what's going on. The benefit, now, if the Jets are moving on, say they know in their room already back there, Josh, that they don't think Sam's the guy, then you don't fire Gase. You let him continue to run this team into the ground, like you said. That's all fine and dandy with me. But if they do have one sliver of faith in Sam for the future then the reason you fire Gase is because then you can say, hey, here's 10 games without Gase. So now we know that, A, say Sam continues to stink. You say, maybe it wasn't Gase. Maybe just Sam isn't that good. Say Sam plays great. You say, all right, it was Gase. Sam actually is that good. But you won't know one way or the other if this dude's still here. If he's still here hovering over Sam's shoulder, we don't know what Sam is, and we might never know until he's on someone else's team. But if Gase is gone... You get 10 games to say, all right, look, the season stunk. We know Sam stinks with Gase, but those last 10 games with Jim Bob Cooter, or whoever the case may be, he actually improved. The offense improved. You saw some improvement from him. Because right now, all we've seen under Gase is a regression, to me at least, when it comes to Sam. And, and if he stays here and you just ride it out all year and Sam continues to stink, we have no idea what Sam is. He might, They might get the first pick. Gase gets fired. They trade Sam somewhere else. And who knows what he could become, but I'd rather have a more clear-cut answer, maybe know what we have in Sam, instead of having a less clear picture, which is kind of yeah. I feel like we're thinking of with Sam right now. No, no I was going to say, re- listen, I understand where you guys are coming from, and and that, and, and, and Keith, you saw, you saw it last night in the chat with Kevin and CJ and you guys. I was going to get blasted for saying what I said. I knew I would. You know what I mean? Is it ideal? Of course it's not ideal. But as I said... You know, GMs in this in GMs in this league. You know what I mean? GMs in this league, dude. They want to have that guy where they could say, "That's my quarterback and that's my head yeah, coach." No, course, I picked them. I picked them out. You know, like I picked those guys out, and I'm gonna do. Uh, well, he being, didn't. Inher- he inherited Sam. You're 100 right. I don't think. I don't think Douglas has needs to have any allegiance to Sam or any allegiance yeah. to Adam Gase either of them. We've already. And listen, that- I think Sam will be successful, Keith. I do. I think if he goes to, and I'm naming teams: Pittsburgh, Indy, 
uh, the Bears, the Vikings, the Colts, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know who else right. All those teams, he'll be successful, and we're going to look back on it and say, damn, well, you know, it is what it is. But I'll tell you this, okay? If they get the number one pick, and again, I completely agree with what Mike's saying. I get it. It's frustrating. We're annoyed. We're Keith, you are too. We all are. But that number one pick, here's what it does. Now you have something where other when other teams are looking for head coaches, you now have something that you could bring to the table to that to that coach, to the you know the Eric B. Enemies, the Arthur Johnsons, now the Joe Brady's, who is the name I brought up in that chat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. You now have something that you could bring to the table when they're interviewing these coaches. These coaches can now go. Eric B. Enemy can now come in there and say, "Oh, the Jets were an reliable option, but." Damn, I could pick my quarterback. Yeah. Also, next year, I they probably have more of a sales pitch they can offer than you might think, though, because next year they're going to go on with $80 million in salary cap space. Next year, they're going to have 10 picks in the draft. Exactly. They're going to have five picks in the first three rounds mm-hmm. of the draft. Three because, in the first 35 you know, at this rate. Yeah, dude. And I was talking to um, some of my friends, not on our Jet Chat, just in general, and I don't... I don't know if they realize, you know, kind of the job Douglas has done with those things kind of behind the scenes, and that's why the jury's still out on Joe Douglas. I I, I agree with you with that, where there's going to come a point where we're all going to be like, all right, Douglas, what's the deal? I don't think yeah, we're there yet. We always do. We're not, we're not there yet, but look, let me ask you. The Jets, they get absolutely nothing for Le'Veon Bell. Nothing at all, Wookiee. They just release him out into the atmosphere, into space, and they get nothing. Don't you think Lev could have like garnered some type of interest? Do you think this was just the Jets being spiteful <laughs> and not doing their uh, due diligence? I can't believe, regardless of whatever anybody tells me, whatever I hear on ESPN, whatever I read on the internet, I cannot believe that the Jets cannot find something, some trade out there with some team. It's not like this guy is a scrub running back. Okay, he hasn't played a lot. He's played 18 games for the Jets, and before that, he missed an entire year. I get that. I get that, but that was because of uh, his own volition, and he was working out during that time. He left Pittsburgh as a top-five running back in this league, and two and a half years later, you can't find anybody (laughs) in the league that's going to give you anything for him to the point where... You just release him and say, "Ah, we're gonna eat. We're gonna eat whatever's left on the contract." We couldn't find any team in the NFL that wanted anything for Le'Veon Bell. I, 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 that's just tough. It's tough to swallow. And you know what worries me about it, Wook, is that and Josh too, bro. It's like now all of us are obviously assuming it's a foregone conclusion. Adam Gase is gonna get canned, right? But it seems like this is like an Adam Gase move. This is like one of the like when you look at his history with Miami and the things, the issues he's had personal problems with players that prevent the team from playing to its full potential. So he has a problem right. with Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake doesn't play. A bunch of other bum running backs plays in his place. The Dolphins aren't as good. He has a problem with you mean like a, Aaron Balage? <laughs> <laughs> Kenyon Drake goes. Kenyon Drake goes to the Cardinals. Gets a huge contract. He's a starter. Kalen Balage. You know, Adam Gase is just like. It seems like if he's involved in decision-making, it always ends up being the wrong decision. There's no player that exists that we know of, that we've read a single thing about, that's come out and said anything positive in a way where they said, yo, you know who's really helped my career? You know who's really got me over the hump? Adam Gase. <laughs> yeah, no. Zero no. guys. 
<laughs> look, I'll be, be, uh, let me out Mel, but you know what? Uh, Kenyon Drake, I didn't use him in Miami, but now uh, I'm not going to use him now. But Balage, Balage was such a success with me in Miami that I'm going to bring him in off the free agent list. And I'm going to run him out there. Yeah. What about, you know what's another one people forget about is Devontae Parker. Because when he was in Miami, him and Gase. Oh, my God. Him what him and Gase, he's had. Dude, Gase <laughs> thought he was so garbage, he would list him as an act, inactive. And he drafted him. He, yo, he would list, <laughs> He was healthy. He was a healthy player. He would get listed as an active. You guys remember his agent, Parker's agent, in the media, and Gase had all types of beef. He's like, you're listing this guy as an active. He's not hurt. You're just not playing him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What happens after Gase leaves? 1,200 yards last year. He's tearing it up this year, too. But I said when they hired Gase, I said, oh, maybe he learned from Miami. Maybe he learned from his mistakes. Maybe That's he fine. did something. You know, look, I mean, I, th- I thought, look, the guy may be a crazy nut job. Maybe a lunatic. He's thinking of tacos when his eyes are bulging out of his his head. You know what I mean? But it's you hear him speak, and he actually sounds very articulate when he talks about freaking football. And it's like, holy crap! Wow, this sounds really intelligent. Then it's on the field, and it goes, "What the hell was that?" You know what I mean? Like that's the crazy thing. If someone you're younger than us, so maybe you have more optimism than we do. But if you're looking, <laughs> if you're if you're looking, that. <laughs> if you're looking for uh, a silver lining when they hired Gase, oh. the way to phrase it would be the way that you just did. I didn't see many positives because what you saw in Miami was the team slowly disintegrate and then end up mm-hmm. having they had the worst roster in the league when he left, and he made all those personnel decisions. Not not only that, you don't often see players just destroy a former coach publicly, you know, unless. You know, there's some acrimony where the guy gets cut or something like that. You rarely see players like Jarvis Landry. So many guys buried Gase when he got fired. Oh, they were happy. I'm like, you don't see players tweeting out smiley faces when a coach gets canned. Players despised this guy. Okay? Apparently, one of the guys that liked him was Frank Gore because he still has a job with the Jets. But, um, but the media get- likes him too, Keith. Brian Costello loves him. Look at him on Twitter, bro. He Get the bell out of here. Well, he played Olivia uh, Bell for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one guy that likes him. I know Manish Maid oh is, like, is not a big fan. Oh, well, Manish and, hates everybody. <laughs> if you go Manish to, liked the hire yeah, when, it, I when mean, it came out. I yeah. know that. And then they had some type of – I mean, so did a lot of guys. So did uh, Colin Coward thought it was a great hire, too. I mean, oh, God, when, you, when, no. you run, oh. when you run your mouth it up, you're going to say things that are wrong. I mean, I thought Josh Allen would be a bag of trash this year. He's playing good. So we all can get things wrong. <laughs> But I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know why anyone. Wookie, you've been you've been riding with us since day one. You know how I felt about Gay since day one. And yeah, when when he came out one. with eyes and you didn't have anything to defend him, I'm yeah. like, all right, this is bad because even Keith was like, I, I have no explanation for what the fuck I just I saw. Can, I can. I, I have nothing. Now, if you're going to embarrass yourself at your opening introductory press conference, you're setting quite a precedent when you do that, right, guys? But let's get into it. Let's get into it, man. Adam Gase's old team uh, next week, the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets. Let's preview it up. Schedule got switched up on us. We were supposed to play the Chargers this week. Looks like it's going to be the Dolphins now. The Dolphins just whooped the 49ers last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to whoop us too. Wookie, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick is your boy. You're hanging on to him in the fantasy league. He's still slinging it. Last week, three three touchdowns, 350 yards for your boy. Okay? Kasiki's down there doing why he got drafted by my team originally. He's handling his business. Another guy that Adam Gase lined up 60% of the time with his hand in the dirt, even though he's a receiving yeah. tight end. And now, now he's, he's going to be a Pro Bowl tight end. Oh, another guy. Let's throw him on the list too. Um, uh, Dolphins offense actually has been playing pretty good. They actually have a coach, which helps. 
They have a good coach, guy that knows what he's doing. Okay, Flores down there. You guys, we all know we like him. I've always liked him. I like that hire when they got him. And like we did last week, back back last season in the history of this show, Josh. Um, normally when we do a game preview, I have the stats out. This is what this team does. This is what the, we don't need to do that anymore, do we? Because oh. we know what's gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, look, my my. <laughs> My, my brother is like the biggest Miami Dolphins fan, and he warned me about Adam Gase before any of this crap happened. He said, oh, you're all happy now. Give it another few months. You kick the best players out the curb. He and he was right. I didn't think he'd be right. Boy, he... And look, but that's the funny thing is they were so down Miami, right? Come on, guys. They were so down. Now look at them. So it can't get worse for us until yeah. Gase gets out the door. I mean, but... Look, I know. You look I at mean, the division and you're I, like... It's you're just... Like, you say, yeah. all right, the Bills are the Bills are rolling here. Miami oh. looks to be improving. New England. We still got New England twice, baby. But Cam Newton coming back. Ooh, boy, I want to see the spread on that game. Yeah, we got New England <laughs> coming in. Well, the, the the most interesting spread of the season will be when we play the Chiefs. Oh, Chiefs or Seahawks? Which one? Yeah, I think the Chiefs. The Seahawks. Rams. I think the Se uh, the Chiefs game. We could be looking at twenty points. Easily. Um, we were double. They got this. What do they got? Chiefs, Seahawks, and Rams. We got this year, guys. Oh, it's gonna be. It's gonna oh, be the spread. It's gonna be ugly. Woo. It's gonna be real ugly, guys. And this Please. game, this weekend versus the Dolphins, we're gonna go into this game with, like I said earlier, with our quarterbacks going to be Joe Flacco because we don't have Sam. Mm -hmm. Our running backs going to be Frank Gore. The funniest part about everything that's going on with Bell is the fact that one of the quotes that came out, and I think it might have been Brian Costello. I don't know, but I, I saw one of the. This gives the Jets an opportunity to f showcase other players at that position. Can you can we can we got well, you could have showcased P Ryan when you drafted him. Please can stop we, with that crap. Yeah, hit the pause button for a second here. So P Ryan Bell hasn't played the whole season until last game. He, he got hurt in the first game. You've had a chance to showcase whoever the hell you wanted, and they don't use P Ryan. The only guy they're using is Gore, so what are you talking about? It just blows my it's like what are we talking about? Are they gonna showcase Frank Gore at 38 years old? Do we need to see what we have left from him? It's just like it does, guys. It just boggles your mind. Of course. It's a, it, it's embarrassing because, look, five years ago, this is a great team. Joe Flacco handing out the Frank Gore. Five, six years ago, that's phenomenal. Too bad we're now in 2020 and they both suck. So it don't yeah. even matter. That's yeah, true. true. And the defense, like you said, uh, the defense has been a sieve all year. Um, the defense has not been able to get anything done, hasn't been able to get any big stops. It's Y'all a tank job, boys. It's a tank job, man. All right, Mike has joined back with us. As I was saying, Mike's not with us. He jumped back in because you know why, guys? He's a team player. He doesn't give up on his team, okay? He's here for the end of the show like a champion to help sign us out. Mike, if anyone wants to get at us, support us, listen to us in any way, shape, or form, how can they do that? Well, you can reach us on the Elite Sports Radio Network. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Please follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, all the different social media platforms. And we really appreciate it if you go on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Very, very much appreciated. Thank you. You heard the man, and I want to thank Josh for joining us this week. You absolutely killed it. Huge Jet fan. You kill it every single week on your podcast with the wrestling show. Why don't you let the world know about that and where they can find you, bro? Awesome. Thanks, guys, first off, for having me on. It was awesome. I'd love to do it again. Definitely want to collaborate. Of course, Keith, you owe me a, a show a show uh, peek with us, man, on our place. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, check us out off the mat at off the mat WWSRN. That's off the mat. WWSRN. You can check out me and my jokes as well on at Josh Silverberg. My newest joke I had today was I found the Adam Case intro press conference and Michael Scott screaming, "I want to kill myself!" Afterwards, so that's the uh, that's the new thing I had today. Um, so yeah, check us out on there, Worldwide Sports Radio Network, every Saturday at 12 p.m. 
It's phenomenal. We're actually doing, Keith, you'll like this, we're actually doing a best all-time fall pay-per-views in wrestling history. Top five okay. all-time for best fall pay-per-views. So check that out. Tune in. Awesome. Like I said, it's going to be great, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. We, we appreciate you. And also, obviously, I'm signing off on behalf of the big, stinking Wookiee Nicholas Kronk. Thank you for joining us, as always, Nick, and providing the insight that only the Wookiee can. Uh, have a good night, guys. Uh, hopefully everything turns around this season, but it's not looking any better for my Giants. So we're in this shit together. We'll get at you next week. ABG fans, peace out. Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? Can't win. The New York Jets. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Being very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Y'all beat us up. Y'all are the number believers.